thank you. Amen. Good evening, everybody. It's good to be back in the house of the Lord, worshiping Jesus. Father, I pray that as we do the offering, that you'll speak into the hearts of your people and that you'll bring change, understanding, renewal, refreshment, Father God, that those who are in a who are down in a valley right now financially, I ask you, Lord, that you'll supernaturally come and intervene as I teach on the word in Jesus' name. And those who believe with me says, amen. amen. Would you open your Bible in Genesis chapter 26? I spoke to you last night about the lady who was about to make her last meal with her son and die, preparing her last meal and then uh, Elijah, the prophet, came to her and spoke to her and said to her to give her last meal to him. How many remember that? Well, I spoke on last night. And um, what a lot of people are unaware of is that when I read it last night, it says that God had already spoken in the heart before the prophet even came to ask her for that. And I said that many times God speaks to us before we even know he's going to speak to us. <laughs> Hello. God, he's already busy with us. Now we find in Genesis chapter 26 something interesting. It says, verse 1, there was a famine in the land besides the first famine. In other words, here we find that this is a second famine that has hit the country, hit the land. And it was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Now, I'm going to skip a whole bunch of scriptures because there's a lot of information and I just don't want to teach on this. I normally preach on this whole chapter. But uh, say with me, there was a famine. How many of you believe that times are tough a little bit now here in Gladstone as well? Can somebody say, mm-hmm. There's a famine. Things are going hard. But now, I want you to look at verse 12. I'm skipping a whole bunch of scriptures because I don't have the time to get into that. But verse 12 says that in the midst of the famine, Isaac did something. He sowed in that land. In other words, he was sowing in the midst of a drought, a famine. And then what happened? He reaped in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. How many of you believe that with God all things are possible? How many of you know that when the widow lady last night I was reading on, when she had her last bit of, of uh, bread that she was going to eat with her son and die, the prophet came and said to her, give me what you have. Is that true? And I mean, humanly speaking, it, it seems so unreasonable. But the prophet was obedient to the voice of God because God told him to go, the lady is going to provide for him. So he just went out of obedience to God. And uh, she goes and she, she listens to what the prophet of the Lord says. And she makes this meal. And by being obedient to her giving, well, guess what happened? Her, her jar of oil never ran empty. Hello? The flour never went empty. She fed her family and the prophet for weeks on end. Just kept on feeding them. The thing never ran out. 
Now imagine this tonight, if you would if you'd hear what the God is saying through me in the offering, that in the midst of a famine, in the midst of a drought, here is a, a Isaac who trusts God, who believes in God, and he goes and he sows in the middle of what seems to be an impossibility. Think about it. You can't plant. There's no rain. Nothing's going to grow. But he still sows. And look what happens. The man, verse 13, began to prosper And not that he began to prosper, he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. How many of you want to become very prosperous? Anybody want to become prosperous? Come on. Do you believe that this this which which happens in the Bible is, is for you and I today? Come on. Is he the same God yesterday, today, and forever? Is he a God who will do miracles just in the life of Isaac? Or will God still do miracles in our time tonight? Are you hearing that? If God can do a miracle for the widow lady, he can do a miracle for us. You just got to believe it. But the key, I believe, that releases the miracle power of God is our faith and our trust in God. If God said it, he's going to do it. Watch this. The Bible says the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. The church, in my opinion, should be so wealthy and prosperous that the world out there should come to the church. We mustn't run. You know, I believe with all my heart, it wasn't God's plan for, for a government to run the people. God put the church there to help and meet the needs of the people. Is that true? I believe that. Well, we mustn't go for welfare at, 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 toward, to the government. The church should, should be so prosperous that we should be taking care of those who are in need. But the reason we're not doing it and the reason that prosperity is not flowing in its fullest as it should is because 90% of God's people don't trust Him. And they don't believe in the Word of God. How many of you believe in the Word of God? Let me not get in your face, but let me tell you this. How many of you are really tithing? Because if you are really tithing... You know, you can always see those who are really in, in faith and those who are, who are not in faith. The ones who are in faith pay their full tithe every month. Those are the ones who are really trusting and believing God and standing on His Word. But you can always see the ones who are not. I can, I can always tell that those who are not paying their tithes are the ones who don't trust in God fully. I said this, you know, uh, I find a problem in, the, in, and that's why I'm teaching on, on these strong men. I'm going to try and go on tonight. Last night was just something different. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I'm going to, but I want to speak on these strong men because when the Lord said to me that, that, that the church is not ready for God, you know, for the return of Jesus Christ, that we need to get the people clean and ready. I asked the Lord, how is that? And, and a thought came to my mind. How many of you believe that Jesus Christ heals? Raise your hand. How many of you believe He heals? All right. How, how many of you know that we teach on healing? Raise your hand. How many of you believe that, that God wants to prosper us financially? How many of you believe that God wants to bless? Now, why is it that every church I go to, two-thirds of the people are always sick and always poor? Why is it that two-thirds of the church is always struggling some way financially or there's always some form of sickness and disease? 
Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Come on, don't get mad at me, but it's a fact. Why is it that, that we preach one thing, but we see another thing? If the God of the Bible that we preach on is real, we should be experiencing the full blessings of God. Do you believe that? Now, I'll tell you why is it that a lot of people aren't experiencing. The fact of the matter is they're just plainly not putting their full trust and faith in God. So I've got to pay my tithe, but um, I got my tithe in my hand, but I look at my debt and I look at my circumstances and I look at everything and I say, whoa, 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 whoa. I can't give this money to God. I can't give it to the church. Are you crazy? If I give this to the church, how am I going to survive at the end of the month? Well, duh, that's where faith comes in. Isn't it? That's where faith comes. God, you know that this money, I, I have it here, Lord. This money will actually pay my car payment. But Lord, you know what? I trust you so much. And I have faith in you so much, Lord, that I'm going to give what is legally yours. I'm not going to steal from you. I'm not going to rob you. Will a man rob God? Bible says, will a man rob God? In Malachi chapter 3, will a man rob God? And then we all say no, but he answers the question by saying, yet you have robbed me. You've robbed me in tithes and in offerings. You've robbed me in both areas. So I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you tonight. If you would have faith in God, not because I'm standing here and talking just on, on the area of finances, but if you will believe the word of God, that what God did in the days of Isaac while he was sowing in a famine and God made him prosperous in that very same year. Come on, somebody say in the same year. Do you know what? This year is not over. You can still sow a seed and God can take it and multiply it 100 times. How many of you believe that tonight? Well, come on, get your offering ready. Can I ask the ushers to come on down to the front? <clears throat> just like yesterday, uh, ushers, we're going to do it just like yesterday. Turn to your neighbor and ask your neighbor, do you have faith in God? If they say yes, take their hand. Come on, let's lay hands on the seed we're about to sow. Let's lay hands. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come against the spirit of fear. We come against the lies of the enemy. We come against doubt and unbelief in Jesus' name. I also want to bind up the spirit of poverty, Father, in Jesus' name. We break the curse of the enemy, Father, in Jesus' name. Every lying demonic spirit that would come to steal, kill, and destroy. We break the works of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. And Father God, tonight, not because of what I said, but because of what your word says. Your word is yes and amen. You watch over your word constantly to do what your word says, Lord. Now we are standing on the promises of this scripture. And Lord, if Isaac, sighed in the, uh, if Isaac has sowed, Lord, in the time of famine, we are sowing now in this time of famine, right in Gladstone, in people's lives, Father, circumstances, I don't know what it is, but we are going to sow a seed. And according to the word, Lord, you said you gave back to him a hundredfold within the year. I'm believing you tonight, Lord, as we give. We will receive a hundredfold in the name of Jesus. And those who believe with me says, Amen. Now consider before we take this offering. How many of you believe what I prayed? Raise your hand. Now I want you to think now. I'm not going to do any tricks now. Okay, there's no tricks. But I want you now to think. You said you have faith in God, right? 
You believe God's going to multiply that what you have in your hand a hundred times? Well, if anybody's a good mathematician and you understand mathematics, how much do you have in your hand? Think about what I'm trying to say. Don't know if you're getting what I'm trying to say. Because if you knew and if you truly believe, you truly, truly, truly believe God will take what's in your hand and he will multiply it a hundred times, you'll put a lot more in than what you have right now. Come on, let's stand up and let's sow our seed. Let's sow our seed by faith. Come on forward, sow your seed just like we did last night. You just stand there, guys. Come on down. Come on, be a sower, not a thrower. Hallelujah. Sow by faith. On a Tuesday night, thank God we're not watching some stupid, pathetic movie on TV. Amen. Thank God we're not watching some soapy or some silly game that they play on TV. I mean, you Australians love your games. Nobody says amen. It's true. I watch it. You love games. Life is not a game. Life is serious. We've got to get serious with God. Can you say amen? Father, we just thank you for the anointing of the word. The word, Father, the Bible says is a lamp unto our feet. Father God, you watch your word to do what your word says. I thank you, Father God, that when the spirit of truth comes, it's the truth that will set us free. Lord, we thank you for what you did last night, but we don't live on yesterday's blessings. Today is a new day. It's a new beginning. It's a new work, Father, you're about to do. And I thank you, Lord, that as we are going to minister the word, that you are going to set your people free. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, that we want to go deeper with you. We want to go higher with you, Lord. We want to experience more of you, Father, less of us, more of you. And for us to become less, Lord, we've got to lay down some things in our lives. We've got to crucify the flesh, Jesus. Help us tonight to break free from the bonds that Satan has placed upon us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Those who believe with me says amen. Let's quickly get into our foundational scripture. I started teaching this on Sunday evening. If you are a visitor and you were not here Sunday night, I started, the teaching, I started teaching on 13 strongholds that has come into the church and also into the lives of people out there. And that we all need to pray and pray more accurately. Can somebody say amen? How many of you believe when you pray, you want to pray accurately? When you pray, you want to hit the target. Amen. First problem we have in the church is that 50 to 60% of the local body is not even praying. Uh-oh. How many of you spend an hour with Jesus today? How many of you put some time aside with the Lord? Who gets what I'm trying to say? It's a, it, this is called relationship. It's spending time with God. When Jesus was about to be crucified, he went into the garden and he, was, he told his disciples, come on, you just stay here and you pray and I'm going to go there and I'm going to pray. And Jesus prayed so intensely, the Bible says that his sweat turned into blood. And when he was praying, because he had known, he knew what was coming, amen. He knew he was going to suffer, going to die for mankind. And when he came back to his disciples, they were all sleeping, and he said to them, can't you even stay awake one hour? Can't you even pray with me one hour? It's amazing that most people don't even know how to pray one hour. 
Amen. Some of you say, oh, you're making me feel bad. Well, I don't want you to feel bad. I want you to wake up. I want you to get real with God. Hello, somebody. Get real. How many of you know that the end is here? Oh, how many believe Jesus is coming? It's undeniable. Every prophetic message in the Bible has come into fulfillment. Hello. Every prophecy about the coming of Jesus Christ is already gone. It's finished. He can come any minute. He can come in 10,000 years, but I believe he can come any minute from now on. There's no time limit on when he can come. It can be like that. And if you're caught napping or sleeping, well, my dear friend, you're going to miss it. Hello. You're going to miss it. That's why the Bible says we've got to watch and pray. That's why the Bible says we've got to work out our, our salvation before God with much fear and trembling. No more times for games. Amen. The Bible says in Mark chapter 3 verse 20, Then the multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. But when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said he is out of his mind. Interesting, hey? Jesus' own family and friends gave him persecution, ridiculed him, and mocked him and laughed at him. The scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He has Beelzebub, and by the ruler of the demons he casts out demons. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Your greatest persecution is from the people in church and from your family at home. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? They'll call you names. They'll mock you. They'll say to you, you're a Jesus freak or you're too radical or you're too serious. And so the list goes on. I'm telling you what, I would rather be mocked because knowing I'm doing what I'm doing is right for God than going in the little Sunday boat. Sunday, you know, a lot of people just going down the river, happy as can be, not doing anything for the kingdom of God. How many of you want to be active for the kingdom of God? Make a difference in the lives of people. That's what Jesus was doing. So he called them to himself and he said to them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand but has an end. Now look what Jesus teaches. No one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man and then he will plunder his house. Traveling through the world preaching the gospel of Jesus, I have noticed there is a lot of error that has crept into the body of Christ. I have uh, noticed a lot of times that people would say, well, you don't have to bind and fight the devil anymore because Jesus gave us the ultimate victory on the cross, which is true. Can anybody say amen? amen. Say, well, Jesus defeated Satan, so we don't have to worry because we don't have to, we don't, we're not going to go through these things. I heard a man preach this from the pulpit one day, and I heard him say this, everything that Jesus said in the New Testament, before the crucifixion, is under the, covenant, uh, is under the old laws. And everything he said in, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John does not apply to us today. Because it's under the law. Has anybody ever heard something like that? 
They say, you can't, you can't listen to that. You don't have to listen to what Jesus said because only after Jesus was raised from the dead, you know, when he was resurrected, this is the new covenant that we're moving in. So we're not under the law. We are under grace. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? And we are under grace. I do believe in grace with all my heart. But I do believe that a lot of people have been so confused by certain statements that certain people make that they tend to forget that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians chapter 6, New Testament, New Covenant. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but we are fighting Satan and his demons. Can you say amen? And God has given us a good, healthy brain to understand that we need to identify the enemy. The Bible says that Satan walks around like a roaring lion. Peter taught that. And Peter said that we got to be vigilant. we got to be alert because he walks around like a roaring lion seeking those whom he may devour. When is he walking around? Right now. Can you say amen? The devil is. Well, he hasn't been put in hell yet. He has been locked up. He's still walking around. And let me tell you this. Satan hates you with a passion. And all he wants to do to you is kill you, destroy you, and take you to hell with him. Believe you me, he knows where he's going. He knows where he's going. He knows exactly what God has prepared. And he doesn't want to go there on his own. Can you say amen? So what will he do to the church? Well, the first thing he will do is he'll, he'll lie to the church. And he'll begin to cause you to, to follow the, the soppy little watered down, bless me, gospel messages that are being preached today. Just to lull you away, keep you on sleep, just keep you a little bit saved, you know. You know, just so that you can try to make it into heaven one day. We've got to wake up. Come on, somebody. We've got to get serious with God more than ever before. And I'm telling you, we are to expose the works of darkness without fear. Why? Because Satan hates you. I, want, I can't say it enough. He is not your friend. He's, he walks around, the Bible says, like a wolf in sheep's clothing. And if you do not know the Bible, you will be deceived. For the Bible says, even in the last days, even the elect will be deceived. So Satan comes and he, he, he attacks us in all various ways. Well, I'm going to show this third and strong one. This is how he attacks. But God says now that we need to bind the strong man. If we bind the strong man, then we can actually plunder the goods of the strong man. In other words, we want to see souls coming to the kingdom. Can you say amen? We want to see church revival break out. We want to see the whole city of Gladstone come to know Jesus Christ. I want to see every bar shut down. Come on, every, every liquor store go bankrupt in the name of Jesus. Can somebody agree? As Christians, you should all shout and say, yes. Hello. Every liquor store to go bankrupt. Every bar to shut down. Every drug addict to get, get delivered and to get healed and set free. Hello. All drugs to be destroyed. Every cigarette to be broken in the name of Jesus. All gambling things must just come to a collapse in the name of Jesus. You guys aren't on fire for God. If you were on fire, you would have yelled and yelled at the top of your voice, said, amen, brother. I agree. But some of you are bound by these things. And because you are bound, you can't agree with me because you're still holding on to my, this is my cigarettes. This is my gambling habit. Don't touch my baby. Don't touch my, my wine and don't touch my beer and don't touch my brandy and don't touch my whiskey because I love it. And the devil says, good, good. <laughs> I got you. I got you. 
Protect your sin. Protect that habit that you have. Just keep on protecting it. Because the more you protect it, the deeper my hook is in you. And the deeper I'll drag you down to hell with me. Now it's quiet again. See, some of you saying, I knew I shouldn't have come to church tonight. I just knew I shouldn't have come. Somebody said, why, why is it, Dion, every time you come to this church, you always hammer on the same things? Because the Bible says, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. I'm free from that. And to be free from that, you had to be in bondage to it. And to be in bondage to it, you will know exactly the repercussions, the, the, the stuff that happens when you are involved in it. Hello? Yeah. That's why I hammer on it, because I hate it with all my heart. Hello? The first strong man that we bind up is called the spirit of jealousy. Say with me, jealousy. Now, if you are a visitor for the first time, you haven't been here this week. At the end of the service, as I, as I teach on these strong men, that when I'm, when, when I'm finished teaching, every time I would mention certain things, if you are sitting in the pew and you identify something I'm teaching on, then you need to come forward tonight. We're going to lay hands on you and break the power of the enemy off of your life. Is that okay? Hello, is that okay? Yeah. Say with me, strong man. Come here. Don't be sh <laughs> I'm not going to do anything bad. Thank you. I'm going to use an example. Strong man means... Something holds you against your will, like this. Now pick your hands up. <laughs> Is it hard? Okay, walk forward. No, come on, walk. I dare you. Walk. Thank you. Wasn't that bad, was it? What am I doing? A stronghold is something that gets hold of you. And is actually preventing you from doing what God wants you to do and to be. He will lead you, misguide you. I don't have time to go through it because in, the, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4, the Bible says that there are strongholds that are formed in our mind. Hello. And that we need to get rid of the strongholds that are in our head. Because... The whole thing of Christianity, religion, relationship with God, it starts in the head. That's why Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Can anybody understand that? Your mind has to be renewed. When I got saved, I was 25 years old. I was a full-on alcoholic, drank, for, uh, drank two bottles of brandy, smoked 40 cigarettes a day, did all that, whatever goes with it. And for 25 years, nobody told me it was wrong. In actual fact, I enjoyed it so much, that's why I did it. How many of you know sin is nice? Oh, boy. That's why they call it sin. Because it's enjoyable. Gambling is enjoy enjoyable. Why is gambling nice? Because it, it gives you an adrenaline rush. You know, you've always got that false hope of, I hope I'm going to win something. I call it a false hope. It's good to, it, it's exciting to get high. It's nice to catch a, whoo, man, I like that feeling. <laughs> but that feeling gets you into trouble. 
Hello. That feeling gets you into, well, this feeling was nice for a time, but I want to get a higher feeling. So what do I do? Psst, in the arm. And I begin to take the ice and the meth. And I begin to take the cocaine and the heroin. And I take, you know, the marijuana. And, and I drink as much as I can. But I'm not being fulfilled because it's not, it, I'm not getting what I really want. Jesus Christ is the highest high you can get. Let me tell you that right now. Jesus can set you free. Can you say amen? So we've got to start thinking about this thing up here. So tonight, when I'm teaching on these strong men, God is going to take your mind and have you start thinking on something. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.12, the Bible says that the Word of God, the Bible, is sharper than any two-edged sword. And when the Word of God is being preached, this Word is going to come straight to you and it's going to cut right into your heart. That's why it's called a two-edged sword. It's going to cut into your heart. It's going to cut into your spirit, man. It's going to cut into your thoughts, your thinking ways. And God's going to start bringing separation of light and darkness, right and wrong. Hello, somebody. And when the world says to you, man, forget what he says, that's a lie. Well, that's Satan who's trying to stop you and prevent you from having the blessings of God in your life. From getting to that higher high with Jesus Christ. Amen. That's why Satan will prevent people from reading their Bible and praying the word. Satan will stop you from reading and stop you from, from praying. Because he knows the moment you start reading the Bible and you start praying, well, he's going to lose ground. That's why in one church I was, uh, I, I don't know if I ever said this to you, Pastor James. At one church, a pastor rebuked me for reading too much scripture while I'm preaching. It's true. He rebuked me and said, you read too much scripture in the services. I said to him, do you know why I read the Bible so much? He said, why do you do it? I said, because 80% of people don't read their Bibles during the day in any case. So I'll just read the word for them. Because I haven't even know. I don't have to fight for God's word. God will fight his, for his own word. You understand? God watches over his word to perform his word. Faith comes by hearing. When people don't like the word being spoken, well, then you need to know you're in trouble if you don't believe the Bible, if you don't like the word. The spirit of jealousy, he's the strong man. Now, according to Ephesians chapter 6, there's there are principalities, powers, rulers, and evil forces. So here's the whole rank order. So normally when we pray, we fight the demons down here when we should hit the big boy. So under jealousy, we find the next words, anger. Are you struggling with anger? Rage, suspicion, revenge, competition, and murder. These are the, the words I've dealt with on Sunday night under the spirit of jealousy. If you are here for a first time tonight, if you are struggling with anger, if you are having fits of rage, if you are constantly suspicious, if you are constantly in an unhealthy competition, and if you're contemplating murder, or want to take vengeance, then you need to be set free from the spirit of jealousy. Amen. The second spirit I spoke upon about was called a lying spirit. Say with me, a lying spirit. This boy is big in the churches of today. The lying spirit is a strong man of all religious spirits. Jesus Christ, I said the other night, I'll say it again, was not a religious man, but Jesus Christ is a spiritual man. Oh, yeah. 
The sons of God are led by what? The sons of God are not led by doctrines, hello, and traditions and denominations. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. And that's why we find many churches are as dead as doornails because they are led by religion and not led by God's Holy Spirit. I've been to, I, I, I don't want to say who, but I, let me just say this. I know of some movements, that's a good word, right? Some movements that have the sermons written out at headquarters and given to the churches to preach before those guys could even try and pray to God and ask what must be taught for a year. Imagine that. You come to church and the headquarters already worked out a whole sermon for the pastor to minister on. And he had no time to spend time with God and actually listen to what did God want him to say. I don't know about you. And how many of you know, then it turns into man's works and not the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's why people go to church and the, the services are boring and dead because it's driven by a spirit of religion and not driven by freedom of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. If you're in a church that's dead, get out. Get into a place where there's life. Nobody wants to say amen. Go to a place where the word of God is being preached, where signs, wonders, and miracles is evident. Why? Because that's what Jesus did every day. Can you say amen? We serve a God who's alive. He's not dead. Church is not bound by man. We are bound by Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Wow. The lying spirit is the spirit that comes in, operates through people. And this person or persons who are bound by this lying spirit comes across very stubborn. What does the word stubborn mean? They hate to submit and they hate authority. You'll find them. There's so many of them hanging around. They can always speak and prophesy and say, thus saith the Lord. They have always a word. They want to be under the spotlight, but they will never become servants behind, you know, the curtain. They always want to be in charge. They come across pushing forcefully, want to have the last say. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? I'm not going to get into all of that. I have already preached on it. But the lying spirit, guys, we must bind that lying spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. The third strong man I spoke about is called a familiar spirit. Say with me, a familiar spirit. The familiar spirit operates in divination, astrology, fortune telling, horoscopes, the occult, witchcraft, new age. Anything that has to, got to do with the occult, a familiar spirit has the ability to manifest himself through people and objects. Somebody says, yes, but you operate in the supernatural. How do I know that what you are doing is of God and not of the devil? Well, the answer is real simple. When Satan comes, there's fear and confusion. When Jesus comes, there's peace and joy. Come on, do you understand what I'm saying? When God shows up, you'll feel the presence of the Lord. The presence of God will edify you, lift you up. Hello, Jesus will be exalted in everything that is happening. If it's of the devil, you will feel the, the negativeness and the fear that comes upon you. It will actually grip you around the neck. All right, let me move on. The familiar spirit has got to do with all it's Satanism. 
tarot card reading, crystal ball, hand palm reading, witch doctors, Satanism, and so the list goes on. If you've ever been involved in these things, we want to pray for you tonight and get you free. Amen. Now, let's do number four tonight. Now, I know I'm going to make some people real mad. But actually, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against Satan and his demons. Is that true? Strong man number four is called a perverse spirit. Say with me, perverse spirit. Say it again. Just quickly, the scriptures, Isaiah 19 verse 14, Proverbs 14, 2, Proverbs 23, 33, Acts 13, 10. They are making recordings. You can get the CDs or the, or the uh, what do you call it, the um, podcast. You can get that. Let me just give it to them, those who are writing down, Isaiah 19, 14, Proverbs 14, 2, Proverbs 23, 33, and Acts 13, 10. I would like to remind you that when you do study these scriptures, that you read the whole chapter to get the fullness of what I'm teaching. Number one, the perverse spirit hates God. All right, a perverse spirit hates God. You say, well, what, does, what is a perverse spirit? It's got to do with all forms of lust, sex, pornography, homosexuality, masturbation, all the things that you can think of that is evil in the eyes of God. This is what the perverse spirit does. I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but a friend of mine, or not a friend of mine, an acquaintance I met, said one day he was praying, and he said, Lord, I would like to see what a perverse spirit looks like. And so the Lord over to him, I can't verify it from the word. I, I'm just taking him at what he said. He said, but when he, the Lord showed him what, because the gift of discernment comes into operation. How many of you know that's a gift? You can see demon spirits, angel beings. And so, and so he saw a four-foot slimy green demon spirit that looks like a frog. And this is what a perverse spirit looks like that comes and attaches itself to people and causes them to do the most grotesque things. Hello? Homosexuality is not of God. You can get really mad at me and you don't have to like me, but you can read your Bible or you can throw your Bible away. But God loves the homosexual. He hates the deed that they do. You agree with what I'm saying? Some people say, I don't like what you're saying. Well, it's just a fact. You cannot say that we are Christians and we believe in homosexuality. God is against that. It's in his word. You say, are you one of those preachers who, you know, you just want to stir and make trouble? No, I'm not. I fear God. I've never seen a male lion have sex with a male lion. Have you? <laughs> Pornography is a tremendous burden in the church of today. It is sad to say that there are ministers who stand in the pulpits and they preach Jesus, but they themselves are bound by a spirit of pornography or the perverse spirit. There are so many people who are bound on their computers, their laptops, their cell phones. How many of you know sex is so easily to get? And the sad thing is that Hollywood has now perversed it to such an extent that if you are not involved in any form of sex or sexual relationships, then something is wrong with you. 
You didn't hear what I just said. To find a virgin in high school or even in primary school at the age of 12, a boy or a girl, to find a virgin is a miracle. And the reason I preach this way and the reason I get mad at it is because I hold the ministers and I hold the parents accountable for how you should have taught your child. Somebody says, oh, you're just, a, you know, you're just an old timer and you just, a, you know, you shouldn't be so strict. You know, we got to have freedom and it's good. How many, I saw on Facebook once a, a, a drawing. I, I'm sure a lot of you saw the picture of a little girl who is, you know, three or four years old. And mommy gets her dressed up in a short little mini dress, you know, and all funny. And they say, oh, that looks so pretty. It looks so pretty. And then the child grows up, you know, and, and then all of a sudden there's more revealing stuff and, and mommy just kind of applauds the girl and encourages the girl. And then you see the girl gets into 18, 19, and she's got a cigarette and a beer in her hand, and she's all revealing. And, and then they show the picture number four, the little girl now who is, a, who is a mature girl is pregnant. And then the mother sits like this and says, what did I do wrong? Did anybody ever see that drawing? I love that drawing. Just love it. Because we, we give the, the reins to our children to be loose and to be wild. And then when they get pregnant and all hell breaks loose, the parents say, but, but, but what, what did I do wrong? Well, you've got you to lay the foundation correctly. Can somebody say amen? Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart thereof. Teach a child. Teach your children. Abstain from sex if you are not married. Where's the aim? Thank you, Pastor. Abstain from sex when you are not married. Why? It's called fornication. If you are married to a woman and you are having sex with another woman, it's called adultery. Now it's quiet again. So you're in Gladstone, brother. Exactly. Gladstone, there's a lot of this stuff going on. Rubbish going on. In Rockhampton, one of those strong men that are there is a perverse spirit that is there. Perverseness. This country or this town, I believe there's two things. Alcohol is a big problem and drugs is a big problem here. But everybody's too afraid to speak to it directly. We'll speak about it, you know, with circles. We don't want to address the point directly. You need to be set free because it's spiritually driven. Can I say that again? It's spiritually driven. A perverse spirit hates God. It lives a life of a lie and error. A perverse spirit, listen to this, will twist the scriptures so that it can fit its own lifestyle. In other words, they'll perverse the scripture. They will say, oh, no, 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 no. You know, Jesus was gay because John lay with his head on his chest. Yeah. They will say, well, you know, David was gay because, uh, who was it, Jonathan kissed him. I actually heard one person go this far and say, well, Mary got pregnant by God because he raped her. This is what people speak about our God. And what I find amazing is that Christians just sit back and say, oh, shame, you know, let's just uh, skip the channel or flip the page or let's just ignore this thing. We can't ignore it, people. If we are children of God, we're going to fight for what we believe in. Can you say amen? amen. Come on, we've got to fight for what we believe in. Do you know how bad it is, how much child pornography is now going around? Hello? 
You have an advert on your TV right now that shows a little girl sitting there and that says she's eight years old. And the greatest fear she has is to be given off to somebody else to get married to. Well, that's not the only thing. Do you know how many people are being abducted? How many children are being stolen from their parents? In my country right now, thousands of children are being stolen every day. And they're being sold out to the people in ISIS. And they're being sold out to the, to the mines in, in different countries. It is horrific. And we just sit and we say, oh, well, you know, we'll just actually kind of, we'll double and dab a little bit in the sin area. Because it's enjoyable. They showed a, I watched a documentary on TV once. It was the most horrific thing. A father was living in a, in a country and he was really struggling. He was poor. He had four daughters. And one of these, one of these uh, sex slave people came and they offered him $400 for his youngest daughter. $400. He sold his daughter for $400. When they took his daughter away, she was 12 years old. The first thing they did was drugged her. And put heroin in her body. And after that, they put her in a mine in a room. And there was over a hundred men a night who raped her. A hundred men a night. And after three years, they would just take her and throw her out. And she would die and never be the same again. And we applaud sex. And we applaud all this rubbish that's going on. Come on, somebody. When God created Adam and Eve, he didn't create Adam and Steve, by the way, you know. Okay, you'll get that one later, it's fine. When God created Adam and Eve, he, he called Adam man, and he called Eve woman. Do you know why? Because Adam doesn't have a womb, but Eve does. And Eve was created to bear children. And if you want to take anything any further than that about, well, God is for homosexuality and God is this and that, let me tell you, why did he create Eve then? So that Eve can bear woman. And why did God say, for this reason, will a man leave his parents is to join himself with a woman, with a wife? Oh, my wife is praying for me now. How many of you agree with what I'm preaching? Raise your hand. How many of you agree with what I'm saying? Do not be afraid to speak out for what you believe in. Yeah, well, I'm going to get into trouble. Well, hello, join the Christian club. The, the devil's obviously not going to like what you're preaching because he knows what's the truth. Amen? Satan hates the truth. So what people do is they take the Word of God and they'll perverse the Word of God. They'll twist it to make their lifestyle seem right. How sad is that? So if you are bound tonight by any form of perverseness, if you are bound by, by pornography, I mean really bound. You say, Dion, I cannot turn off the TV. I, I have to go on the Internet. You know, I, I, listen, now I'm going to make some people really mad. Ladies and men, either, either way. If you find, as married couple, your husband or your wife is trying to do funny sexual moves on you, which he never did before, you need to know he's been watching porn. He's been watching porn. And you better be careful and you better pray for him and cast the devil out of him. Because that thing is going to jump on you and then all of a sudden all hell breaks loose and then one, you know, one partner is not good enough. 
So what happens, we get another partner in. Uh-oh. Let me move on. So I never heard somebody preach that way. Well, it's needed. Do you agree? It's needed to preach on this. I like the Bible says if something bothers you, cut it off. <laughs> Amen, pastor, says the man. <laughs> cut it off. I got a nice little sharp knife. It's quickly. I'll make it painlessly for you as well. You ladies like laughing, but my wife has a needle and thread. We'll sew you up. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. I'm speaking from my heart tonight because I know that a lot of people are bound by this unclean spirit, this perverse spirit. And I know that you don't want to be there. As a true born-again Christian, you do not want to do what you are doing. God can set you free tonight. Amen. Do you believe that? Let me move on to number five. This is the one we're going to deal with tonight as well. There's two big boys tonight I'm dealing with. One is the perverse spirit. Number five, strongman number five is called a spirit of fear. Say with me, fear. Second Timothy 1.7 says that God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and of a sound mind. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are bound by fear and they don't even know what it is. Let me explain to you. What is the spirit of fear? Well, the first thing that fear does is he brings torment on you. You are tormented by fear. Have you watched these ISIS movies, uh, video clips on, on, on YouTube? How many of you ever watched that? Where they take a Christian and they'll put them in front and they'll just behead them. They show it live. Have you seen where they take these Christians, they put them in a cage, four of them in a cage, and then the, the guys are alive and they drop them in a pool with a, with a uh, uh, what's that, pro, pro camera, GoPro. And the GoPro goes under the water and the GoPro actually shows the Christians drowning. Still amazing to me, just like we would ignore the sex problem, we ignore how the Christians are dying. Come on church, it's a fact. What does Satan do? He brings fear upon the people, and fear operates in a terrorist way. He will terrorize you. And it's amazing that some people know how to use this fear to manipulate people. Who gets what I'm saying? Let's find this country. I find it so interesting. This is the only country really where I see it promoted so much that we talk about the abuse of marriages. Why the marriages in this country is falling apart. Is anybody getting this? How much verbal abuse are you going through? How many women are being beaten up? And the violence that we find here. It's the only country I've turned on the news and almost every time there's something about somebody who did something to someone. It's crazy. Yeah. Australia, it's crazy. Yeah. We need the righteousness of God back in the house again. We need the fear of God back in the church again. Come on, somebody. There was a pastor, for, uh, a pastor in our country. <laughs> That's why I love my country so much. There was a pastor in our country who came, uh, and there was a lady in his church, and she came to church one evening, and her eye was beat this big, had a big blue eye broken, you know, uh, jaw not broken, but swollen. And he went, he said, sister, what happened to you? And she said, oh, pastor, my husband came home drunk again last night. He came home and he just beat me up again. So the pastor said, listen, because it wasn't the first time, it's been happening a long time. So the pastor said, okay, I tell you what, when he comes home drunk and he's going to bow the beat you, just phone me, I'll come, I'll come over. 
So lo and behold, it was two days later, again, the husband comes back home drunk. And as he comes back home, she phones him and says, Pastor, quickly, quickly, he's about to beat me up. So the pastor comes there and he, uh, he walks into the house and you know how it is all of a sudden the, the husband who's so drunk, they get all, you know, religious and oh, and, oh, and so the, 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 the pastor says to the husband, were you about to beat your wife, weren't you? You beat her last time. He said, yes, pastor, it's true. I beat my wife, but I just don't know why I'm doing this. Pastor, please pray for me. He said, good, close your eyes. He closed his eyes and bah, he hit him. Hot, knocked him out. I mean, put the guy to the floor. Uh, when that guy woke up, he said, Boy, God really hit me today. <laughs> Never beat his wife ever again. Hallelujah. That's what I call the slap anointing. <laughs> How many of you know some guys need a good slap? But because of the human rights thing and because of the rubbish that has come in through the world system, we're not even allowed to bring correction to our children in the schools. How disgusting is it to find that children are swearing at their parents? Hmm? Teachers are not allowed to bring correction in school because they're afraid they'll be sued or fired. What does that tell me? Oh, the list just goes on. How much corruption has come in? People want to sue everybody for anything. Why? Because of the greed. And it's all about money in the end. It's not about being moral. It's not about being upstanding or right. When I was a kid, you never heard about these things. Somebody said, mm-hmm. There was fear, godly fear, not a negative fear. Can I continue? Is anybody still with me? The spirit of fear will bring torment, terror, and worry upon you. If some of you are sitting here tonight and you are constantly worrying, always scared, always concerned about something, you need to come forward. We want to pray for you that God can set you free. The spirit of fear will cause you to feel timid. You're always cowering away in the corner. And another thing what fear does, fear will prevent you from standing up. In other words, a lot of people are afraid of the word confrontation. We don't want to be confronted because of the fear of the trouble we'll get into. One guy came to me one day and he said to me, one pastor said to me, Dion, you're either very stupid or very brave. I said to him, let me tell you, I'm not one of them. I don't fear man, I fear God. Whether you'd like to know this or not, I'm going to stand before Jesus one day. So is Pastor James going to stand before Jesus and we'll be judged for what we taught you. Is that true? And what does the Bible say? We'll be doubly judged. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm, I, I'm a chicken when it comes to standing before God. I don't want to be judged. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Can you say amen? I love you enough to get you out of the clutches of Satan, bring you back into the kingdom of God. Somebody says, but you make me feel uncomfortable. It's not you. It's the devil. It's in you getting uncomfortable. Why are you bringing condemnation on me? No, I'm not. The Holy Spirit's convicting you. Get right with God. Get rid of your rubbish. Make right with Jesus Christ. Do you believe that, family? The, the spirit of fear will cause you to have inferiority complexes. Oh, you know, I'm just not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm just, you know, walking like this every day, always negative. You're a king's kid. 
Come on, we belong to Jesus, the most high God. You don't have to feel inferior. I used to be like that 25 years ago. I used to walk around with a self-pity, you know, nobody loves me attitude, and I'm not good enough, and all my friends went and became doctors and lawyers, and who am I? Just a guy selling vacuum cleaners. Who knows what I'm trying to say? And our alcoholic is just part of gangs. I'll never amount to anything. My teachers even said to me, you'll never amount to anything. You're a rubbish and you'll stay a rubbish. That's what my teachers told me. Thank God I met Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God I got the Holy Spirit. Thank God I got the Bible. Thank God I got the name of Jesus. Come on, son. We've got a power given to us by God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I don't have fear. I don't have inferiority complexes. I'm not worried. I don't worry what people think of me. I've a long time past that thing. Long time past it. The spirit of fear will cause you to suffer from phobias. Claustrophobia. Don't like being in a tight corner. Who knows what I'm saying? Or you don't like to be hold, held tight. It will, it will, uh, you are afraid of heights. Afraid of darkness. Spirit of fear operates this way. You will feel inadequate, not good enough. You will always sense danger around you. Constantly, wow, you know, fear. You will have nightmares continuously. The spirit of fear sometimes manifests in such a way that people have tremblings in their hands. They have the shaking on them. There was a lady in our country I was ministering to, and she had a phobia on frogs. Can you believe that? Frogs. She came in the, in the healing line when I was ministering on the, on the spirit of fear, and she said to me, Pastor Dan, you got to pray for me. It's true. I am so scared of frogs. If I hear a frog out there, I would literally walk the opposite direction. Even if I have to go three kilometers to avoid that frog, I'm going to avoid him. Terrible. I, I actually, you know, like some of you would giggle and say, <laughs> frog, what? what a frog. And her husband came and said to me, I'm telling you, Dion, you don't believe me. It is terrible, the fear of frogs. <clears throat> so I said to her, what happened? She said, well, when I was a little girl, I was sleeping and I have a younger brother, boys, <laughs> and he caught a bullfrog. And while I was sleeping, <coughs> excuse me, while I was sleeping, he put the bullfrog on my chest. And by the weight of the bullfrog, when I opened my eyes, guess what I saw? I just saw this big old bullfrog. And you know, that is what opens the door for fear to come in. She got such a fright, Satan said, there's my gap. What blew me away just, just now recently, I think I was in America when I was preaching this thing. I spoke about watching horror movies. And how people love to watch horror movies. They get the thrill and the excitement of getting scared. But how stupid are you, Mr. and Mrs. Christian, by opening up the door to the devil to come into your living room by watching fear when that thing comes through the TV and attacks you. You'd say, but, but, but it was just a thrill. But then you go to bed and you can't sleep. And everything that creaks you hear and you, you, you know you're all scared. That's the spirit of fear that's just coming to your house. You open that up because of your stupidity. Don't watch these things. Paranormal activity. Is that the, what's that thing? Yeah. You watch it, huh? <laughs> this is a horrible thing. Hello, somebody. 
and the church, the Christians are watching it with a big smile on their face. And you, all you're doing is you're opening up the door to Satan to come in. One lady came to me. She said, Brother Hockey, I never, I never thought of it that way. I said, what? She said, well, I constantly watch horror movies, and I'm always scared. My child wets his bed. I never know why does my child wet his bed all the time. I see objects moving in my house, but now I understand. It's because I've been watching this thing. I said, well, good. Now stop it. Stop watching it. I prayed for her. Demons came out of her. Demons came out of a child. And guess what? She threw away all the things. Never had a problem again. Come on, somebody. God will set you free. We are fighting against a, a real devil. It's not a storybook God. You want to watch uh, Harry Potter? Harry Potter lets real spells go through. Real genuine spells. Spells that Satanists use in their rituals today. And you have your children watch Harry Potter all the time, and they begin to learn the, the rhymes, you know. They begin to learn those spells, and then as they're playing outside, they just begin to call up those demon spirits. Oh. Someone say, but, 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 no, goat's butt, sheep follow. But, no buts. A goat butts, but, but. You, there you go again, but. You, you, you're too strict, but, but I don't like but. But no, repent before God. Say, Lord, I was stupid. I'm asking you, forgive me for opening up the door for the spirit of fear to come into my house to touch my family. I'm shutting that door tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe it, give God praise. We're shutting the door on the enemy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. In our country, the, 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 the black folk in our country, they, um, they are very strong in their witchcraft, very strong. And they have a little demon they call Tokolosi. Tokolosi, all the South Africans will know what I'm talking about. And they're so scared because this demon spirit has the ability to manif manifest himself that they can physically see him. So do you know what they do? They take their beds and they put five or six bricks under the, the thing so that the bed stands this high from the floor. They need to get a ladder to get on the bed because they're scared this little Tokolosi demon is going to come and climb on the bed. It's a fact. How many times have you heard your children say, I see something in my room? Hmm? I, I, I hear voices or something is in my room in the nighttime or something grabs me. I've heard this in this country. You know what I've heard? I've heard they say, demon spirits are raping me while I'm sleeping. Won't be, I won't be surprised if somebody tonight comes to me and says that very thing. The only reason this is happening, friend, is because you're opening up the door to the devil. You're opening up the door. You're opening up the door. You're opening up the door. Don't test God. Can you say, mm-hmm? Can I do one more? What time is it? Yeah, can I, I'm going to do one more. Is that okay? Tonight also I'm going to pray for strongman number six. is called an unclean spirit slash spirit of infirmity. The unclean spirit can go with the spirit of fear, can go with the perverse spirit. But let me talk about the spirit of infirmity. Say with me, infirmity. Infirmity has got to do with all forms of sickness and disease. So tonight I would like to pray for people that are sick in this room. And tomorrow night we will also pray as the spirit leads. We'll pray for people that are sick. But the spirit of infirmity is when, when we pray. And I learned something very precious uh, in the study of mine. That many times if I would pray for people with cancer, 
I, or, or I've heard people pray. When you pray for cancer, they would say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I bind the spirit of cancer. There's no such thing in the Bible. You don't, but God knows our hearts, what we are praying, and God understands that. But I'm talking about, are you learning now something? To hit the target, to, sh- to pray accurately with definite results. So what do we do? We say, Father, if I'm praying for some of the cancer, I'd say, Father, I bind the spirit of infirmity and I bind the cancer off of that person. Jesus addressed the, the infirmity or Jesus spoke to the unclean spirit. Are you with me? We pray for somebody who's blind. Father, I bind the spirit of infirmity. I bind the blindness off of that person. When we come against the deaf and dumb spirit, that is true. I will teach later on in the week because the deaf and dumb spirit has more than just deafness and dumbness. Okay, there's much more to that. But the spirit of infirmity, if you're praying for somebody who has a headache, you're praying for somebody who has a stomach problem or a heart condition, you say, Father, I bind the spirit of infirmity and I command the heart condition to be healed. Remember, Mark, uh, Matthew 18, 18, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Can you say amen? amen? Matthew 18, 19, if two of us agree concerning anything that they ask, it shall be done by the Father who is in heaven. We've got to agree here on earth. How many of you are learning something? Is this helping you tonight? So tonight we are going to, listen, the the spirit of infirmity is endless. There's a lot of information on that. I just want to bring this truth to you that we bind the spirit of infirmity and we ask the Lord to take off whatever sickness is on the person. Just to learn to pray more accurately. So tonight, let me sum this up. Jealousy. If you are struggling with any form of jealousy... Anger, rage, suspicion, revenge, competition, murder, we want to pray with you. A lying spirit. If you are somebody sitting here tonight and you cannot submit under a church, you cannot submit under authority, you need to come forward that God can set you free from that. Hello, somebody. If you are struggling with familiar spirits, if you've been involved in any form of a cult or witchcraft, you need to come forward. We can pray with you. The perverse spirit has got to do with all forms of lust and sex, pornography, homosexuality, and so forth. The spirit of fear. If you're struggling with fear, I'll read it again. Torment, terror, worry, timidity, inferiority complexes, phobias, makes you feel inadequate, fear of heights, fear of darkness, sense of danger, nightmares, and physical tremblings. I'm giving you a lot of information. And then obviously sickness and disease, the spirit of infirmity. I would love to pray. I'm going to ask Pastor James to help me tonight. And we're going to have God set you free. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are sitting here tonight, you said, Dion, the word really ministered to me tonight. I want to see how many of you has the word ministered to raise your hand. If you understood what I was teaching on and you felt that God was dealing with you in some or other way in your life. Before we begin to pray for you, I would like to ask you this question. If you don't know Jesus Christ, before I pray for you, I would love for you to give your heart to Jesus. I would love for you to to surrender your heart to Jesus. In other words, if I asked you now, if you would die tonight, if you had to die, will you go to heaven or will you go to hell? And if you say to me, Dion, I don't know where I will go, I want to pray with you so that you can know tonight 
that Jesus loves you and he wants to save you from going to hell. All right? So with nobody looking, if you say, Dion, please pray for me. I want to give my life to Jesus right now. Then I want you to raise your hand real quickly in the air. You say, please pray for me. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Lift your hand high. If you say, Dion, please pray for me. I don't want to go to hell. I, I know my life is wrong, but I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. I want to repent of my sins, and I want to turn from my wicked ways, and I want to make Jesus my God, my Savior. Quickly raise your hand high into the air, and I can pray with you. Thank you. see another hand going up. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, everybody who raised their hands, would you quickly help me? Please do not be afraid of what I'm going to ask you to do. But if you raise your hands, quickly stand to your feet. Would you come on, stand. All those who raised their hands, I want you to stand for Jesus. Come on, don't be shy. And please come this way. Come stand here by me. Come on, let's encourage them as they come down. Come on down. Come on, let's get excited. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Audience, you know what to do. Would you quickly turn to your neighbor? Audience, come on, help me. Ask your neighbor, are you right with Jesus? Come on, evangelize. You know, you know the drill. Evangelize. Some of you just point blank ignoring me. You just will not do it. If you don't know Jesus, we want to help you to come to know Jesus Christ. Anybody else? Would you guys please stand closer to me? Thank you for your obedience to God. Look at me, all of you. You're not doing it for me, right? It's for Jesus Christ. Is that right? Would you hold your hands like this? Audience, would you stand? And audience, would you please stretch your hands out to these beautiful people? And I'm going to ask all of you in front and those in the back to please pray after me. Say, Heavenly Father. I stand before you in Jesus' name. And I ask you now, okay, hang on now. Guys, look at me. I want you to pray after me, okay? Would you pray out loud? Let me explain to you why I'm doing this. If you don't understand, look at me quickly. The Bible says if I confess with my mouth, if I speak with my mouth and believe in my heart, that Jesus is the Son of God, he says, I will be saved. Then Jesus will come inside of us. That's why we're doing this. Does that make sense? All right, close your eyes. Let's do it again. Heavenly Father, I stand before you now, and I confess I'm a sinner, and I ask you, please, forgive me all my sins right now. The blood of Jesus cleanses me of all my sin. I believe it and I receive it in Jesus' name. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead. And I ask you now, Jesus, come and live in my heart. I receive you right now as my God, my Savior, and my very best friend. If I should die, I will not go to hell. 
I will go to heaven because I am born again. I am saved. And my name is now written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Congratulations. <laughs> amen. What is your name? German? Yeah. Is that right? Yes. Cool. That's an unusual name. We're so glad that you gave your heart to Jesus. Congratulations. Congratulations. Amen. Now, you five guys, please do not get mad at me. Would you quickly turn and walk down this aisle? We're just going to get your name, and then you come right back. Would you do that for me? Just go down this aisle. Come on. Let's give God praise for these people. Praise the Lord. That's five more people not going to hell. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? Wow. Thank you, Jesus. We only have Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. There's just three more nights left. I want you to invite people. How many of you are enjoying the teachings? Are you enjoying it? How many of you know there's people out there who need to hear what we're doing in here? So come on, get on the phone, call them up, tell them to come. Maybe some of them got a little bit of a fright what happened last night. I'm not going to make excuses for what happened last night. I loved last night. How many of you loved what happened? If God chooses to do it again, so be it. I said if God wants to do it again, so be it. He can do whatever he wants to. And how many of you know when it happens, it happens spontaneously. Because the Spirit of God is a God of the suddenly. Is that true? We'll sense it, we'll feel it, we'll know it. Amen. All right, so how many of you say, Dion, I need you to pray for me. You mentioned a couple of things. I need prayer tonight. Quickly make your way to the front. Come on down to the front. Whatever those six points were, whatever strong man I was teaching on, if you want to be set free from fear, sickness, disease, perversity, familiar spirits, jealousy, the list goes on. Just come on down. Come on down. Come on down. <laughs> There's a lot of us tonight, Pastor James, you will help me. And Pastor Malcolm, is he busy in the back? Is Pastor Malcolm here? He, he'll come. Pastor Michelle, will you help us, please? Is Pastor Malcolm's wife also? She's also in the back. Anybody else you want to nominate? Pastor David, yes, please. Just come up here, pastors. I just want you to come up on the platform. Please join us on the platform. The reason I'm doing this for any visitor that is here tonight, and you may be the first time you've walked into this church, I am not the pastor of the church. I'm the visiting minister, okay? This is the pastor and his wife of this church. Amen. We love them. <laughs> Pastor David and his wife, they are also part of this church. And when Pastor Malcolm and them come out, they are also going to be praying. Now listen, I don't, the reason I'm doing this is for your protection. I don't want anybody else except these people laying hands on you. 
If anybody else comes and lays hands on you, you shout, help. <laughs> and I'll be like, Jesus, take a whip out and beat you. No, I won't do that. <laughs> I'm teasing. But the, the, uh, the, the thing is that these people are trained and they know how to deal with you. Is that okay? If demons should manifest, and I believe it is going to happen tonight, when these demons go, I don't want you to be scared. All right? Those demons is not going to come to anybody in this room. We'll cast it out of this place. So you need not be afraid. Somebody say amen. amen. All righty. Say, why, why would this happen? Well, it happened in the days of Jesus, and it still happens today. When Jesus shows up, demons get out. When the true anointing is there, demons have to go. So we don't fear that because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I'm trying to help you not to be scared of this. If it does happen, we'll cast it out. They'll go quickly and they'll go quietly in Jesus' name. Everybody hold your hands like this and say, Father God, I ask you tonight to please forgive me of any form of sin that I might have in Jesus' name. I ask you to help me to forgive every person that has offended me in the past until now. I ask your forgiveness as I forgive. I will not hold a grudge. I will close every door that I have opened up for unforgiveness or bitterness to come into my heart. The Bible says, when I stand praying, if I have anything against anyone, I must forgive them so that my Father who is in heaven may forgive me. That is why I'm praying now and asking forgiveness as I forgive. Now I believe your anointing will destroy every yoke of bondage in my life. In Jesus' name, I confess it and I take it. When I leave this room, I will be free. Say it again, I will be free. No more fear. Nothing shall come near me in Jesus' name. How many of you believe that tonight? Thank you, pastors. Just as the Lord leads you, would you just go and lay hands? I don't know. Etienne's his pastor, Michael and Malcolm, if they're ready to come. Can we get some music going, please? Just some nice worship music, if it's possible. Catches. I need catches with all the guys praying. Please, I need catches. We do not want to have people fall down without having a catcher on them. You can turn up the volume of the music, please. I need a catcher there by Pastor Malcolm. There's not a catcher there. Two catchers there. Are, are you catching? Good. And with the, I need another catcher on that side. The catcher over here. Is there another? Come on, guys. Where's the helpers? Quickly. Let's serve. Just need a catcher here. I need a catcher. 
Who's going to catch with me? Who's going to catch for me? I need somebody who will help me. Shemaine, would you stand with me?